The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. To the house, This is unbelievable. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Cannell. That's Barton Simmons. That's Tom Fernelli. A lot to get to today here on a Monday. Uh, We, of course, are going to be doing our early line look ahead. Some of the thoughts, some of the point spreads that have already been released for uh, week 11 coming up this weekend. Uh, I want to pose some questions regarding a Big Ten team, not off to uh, the ideal start and certainly not at all what we thought was going to be close to expectations. Some uh, thoughts on the rankings and uh, staples of Monday. Uh, Mac locks, Mac locks. We've got two days, Tuesday, Mac, Wednesday, Mac. We'll be getting to our Mac locks later and the return of Knowles to go after, Mm. (laughs) after a tough performance, uh, against the pit Panthers, uh, all of that to come. But we begin with some very like fluid news. The, you know, we sit down on Mondays and, and with it being, the first day of availability. You've got a lot of regular teleconferences. It feels like a, a steady stream. And the last couple hours has just been an overwhelming amount of uh, disappointing headlines. There's some headlines. Some There's one. I've got one COVID note that's actually on the positive side. Um, but, I mean, so Mississippi State Auburn has been postponed due to an outbreak of COVID positives and the contact tracing at Mississippi State. Texas A&M has paused all football activities. Uh, LSU coach Ed Odron comes out and acknowledges that they are dealing with some COVID positives and some contact tracing. Ross Dellinger Sports Illustrated adds that it's tied to a Halloween party and that they are particularly thin at quarterback and defensive back because of all the contact tracing and quarantining. Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman has tested positive for COVID-19. I said I've got one positive so I can put it on. Wisconsin says they're on track, right? Hey, we might get to see the Wisconsin Badgers play against Michigan. Three-point favorites. Maybe discuss that a little bit later. (laughs) Is that good news for Michigan, though? 
because uh, like <laughs> Michigan would rather not face the potential of being one in three. Like Michigan yeah. was really hoping for more contact tracing and positive tests to come out of the Wisconsin football program. I, wh- where are y'all at right now? I mean, this is it's accelerating quickly. Is this going to be the theme of November or is this something that, uh, you know, based on the way the virus is behaving at this current time and, you know, the travel, like were we just almost destined to have a, a week like this at some point in November? Yes. I mean, I, I think like we talked about it early in the year where I think like Danny talked, said it and Barton said it. I there, you're, uh, I might be wrong, but your, your thoughts were we're going to start the season, but you guys were both questioning whether we'd be able to finish it. And I think this is kind of why, because we're getting to a point now where, you know, obviously in our realm of the world, we're seeing it happen with programs, but it's not just college football where this is happening. It's, it's starting to go up in a lot of places right now. And I think that it's only natural that college football teams are going to be coming down with it just like everybody else's. So I, I don't know. I, I think they're going to finish the season. I just think we're now facing a reality where, most teams aren't going to be playing full seasons. Most conferences are going to have kind of weird looking standings at the end. And we're going to just be like, all right, who's, who's still left standing around at the end who can play in the playoff and some of these bowl games. Martin with the early Mike twirl early and the <laughs> early in the podcast for the Mike twirl. I can tell, go ahead. I'll let you go. No, I, I, I mean, I don't have anything profound. I, I, I mean, this is, I mean, well, are you, so here's is, some speculation. Your uh, your mistress co-host, Bud Elliott, had just posed an interesting thought. He said, it takes a lot of discipline to follow all the protocols. And as we start to get to a point where some players find themselves no longer being able to achieve the goals that they had at the beginning of the season, are, are we going to see more? Like Ross Dellinger reports it was a Halloween party. What about the Halloween party is following the the recommendations of your coaches and of your, you know, local, uh, you know, team and county health officials? Like, are we going to see there being a case where um, the it is tougher to ask or at least tougher to expect realistically that all of these players at all these programs are um, going to be maintaining some of the same discipline throughout the close of the season? What was y'all's Halloween party in college? What was it called? Was there like a big one? Halloween in Chapel Hill is bananas. It is like packed body to body. Uh, All the different fraternity houses that are all near each other all get bands. So it's just like Halloween and everyone just walks around to each other's parties. Yeah, I was way too drunk to remember. (laughs) We didn't need a name. We called it Friday. That's what we called it. Yeah. Well, ours was Mortician's Ball. It was Mortician's Ball. It was Deke put it on. And I mean, I, I was going to get to Mortician's Ball. And <laughs> I, I don't know what, I don't know what, like, I mean, you got to really love football to be sitting here at like, you know, one and four or something or oh and two or woe and one or woe and th- whatever it is and be willing to just sit out Halloween. And that's the expectation. I get it. Like, that's what you have to do. And you're, that you're called on that by your teammates to do that. But I'm like, there are human beings on the LSU team. They are, they are human beings that are having a really disappointing year. And they're probably human beings that are backups that aren't even playing. And we've talked about this like uh, already, like in the summer in advance of the season, 
the the challenges of keeping everybody disciplined and everybody in check, especially as the season wears on. And Halloween, brother, that's a big weekend to try to get through when everybody's healthy. And so color me shocked that we've got Halloween fallouts uh, a week later. Um, that's that is just that's going to be life, man. It's not one thing, right? It's all of the things Tom pointed out. Hey, national cases are up. Yep. Uh, Chip said, hey, the length of the season. Yep. Barton said it's Halloween. Like, it's all of this combined. I don't know about you guys. I mean, and, and I think it's we're putting more names to it, right? I mean, you, we, and, it's, and we've already had names, and then no Nick Saban was false positive, whatever, but you had Trevor Lawrence. But now all of a sudden you're seeing more names that are recognizable. Uh, so I think it kind of resonates a little bit more. What I think it's going to come down to, because I, I and I firmly believed that if you really wanted to have the truest sense of a close to a normal season with a champ, uh, you know, conference champion selection process, fourteen playoff that was close to normal, that even the team, even the conferences that did have bye weeks, were going to need more bye weeks. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's going to come down to. How bad does ESPN and the college ball playoff, how bad do they want to stick to January 1st and January, was it 13th? 11th. 11th for the Monday, you know, for that Monday national champion. My hunch is they don't want to come off of it, right? They'll sacrifice some games here and there. But what happens if it's, you know, some more crucial games? What if it's Ohio State that has a a problem? What if it's, uh, you know, a championship game? I I just – I. I think that would have been the smarter thing to do so you didn't have to press forward so bad. Trust me, I love that we're playing college football. I love it. I think they can do it. I think they can manage it. I think they're doing it right by getting all these guys separated and shutting down programs. But it's going to impact the season, you know, and it's just um, how bad you want to plow through and stick to those dates, I think, are going to be – that's kind of going to be the only thing. I think we finish. I think, you know, there's going to be games that are going to get canceled, but how much of a shell of a season are we really going to see? Are we go ahead? I was just saying, and I do think that, and I doubt, I doubt it'll happen. Maybe it will. I do think that they should really seriously, strongly consider not allowing fans back in any stadiums the rest of the season. Because, especially like what we saw at the end of the Notre Dame Clemson game. What? How does that happen? Like, how, like, how do, like, if, especially if Brian Kelly warned his team beforehand, hey, let everybody get off the field, they're going to storm the field. I don't know. How about tell instead of telling your team, tell the tell the security, yeah. tell yeah. the stands, tell the fans. But like th- if you're that confident, why not just like I get it. I mean, I've I've been in there. They're awesome, but why couldn't that have been prevented? Like I, don't, I mean, it wasn't like I don't know. That's that was kind of frustrating to me. Yeah, because I feel I I don't know what kind of impact having people in the stands is actually going to have as far as you know the virus spreading to players or any of that. I don't know, but I just think that. At the minimum, at least if there is any risk, if you're trying to get as many games in as possible at this point, you should probably just take that step, take the financial hit. I know it's going to suck in that area, and it's but it's already kind of sucked for a lot of schools. And I just think that's like at a bare minimum, one tiny step you could take at this point to maybe increase your odds of getting the rest of this season in completely. Yeah, the security staff was like, come on, I'm ready to see Chappelle start SNL. Let's get <laughs> out of here. Let's just, what is going on? Why is this so delayed right now? No, it's... I, I, I agree the look was one thing, but the, I kept going in my mind to 
those games that are so big and intense when they get to overtime too, it just, it feels uh, my experience, obviously not playing in, in any of them, but my experience of being at games like that, time just starts slipping away from you. Like the game starts moving a little bit quicker than you can even keep up with. And so, you know, not the, uh, not, it was, it was a, it was a thing. Yeah. Notre Dame. And then, uh, Notre Dame's president, right. Uh, had coronavirus earlier, right. And he came out with a little finger wag. Yeah. 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 That's kind of to make sure everybody knows they're not acceptable that we had one, uh, were we on the other side of the the field rush after the game? And I'm telling you, we went back and watched like the coaches tape and that we had dudes wrecking fans. Like, <laughs> Oh, you just want to get out of there. Right. And I'm telling you like clothesline dudes like getting wrecked. Cause it was a free for all Virginia fans were coming off. It was 95. We were no more in the country. And I remember like we were laughing cause dudes were just like, and you you keep your helmet on and you just, beeline for the locker room if anybody's in your way they're gonna have a 300 pound defensive lineman just truck them and i don't even think the fans cared at that point they were probably like this is awesome okay so you got to pop champagne with notre dame winning the 29 29 consecutive money money line sprinkle (laughs) that was it we kept the streak alive so thankfully uh so i wasn't completely the goat in that one so we're still uh hanging on by a thread so it'll be some time before uh, that gets broken again but how about there's a lot of correlations this season with that one because i as soon as that game finished i think i texted you guys hey notre dame monumental win and they kept flashing back to the last time they beat florida state and charlie ward was there i was the backup and uh the next week sure enough boston college shocked <laughs> the world and it bought us another chance and we and that was probably there were two celebrations at Burt Reynolds dorm. I think we, we must have been off that week because we were all hanging out or, or we had I forget what it was. We were watching the game, though, because in Burt Reynolds Hall it was like a U shape and there was a pool in the middle. And as soon as BC hit the kick and the guy still lives in Avon, Connecticut, which is where I lived in when I was up at uh, working for ESPN, when the dude hit the kick. All of a sudden, the dorm room's empty out. Everybody's like celebrating, like, woo! Like, you just hear an uproar from the whole dorm. That and when OJ got off. Those were the two times there was a massive <laughs> celebration at Burt Reynolds Hall. Like, those were the two moments I remember the most about celebrating out with your guys. All right. Uh, so, I mentioned Wisconsin is on track for a return to the field against Michigan. Like, do we have high expectations for the Badgers? Like, how how do we start to even approach um, a Michigan team that's totally reeling, a Wisconsin team that's had players in quarantine and not in action and, and trying to get people back on the field? That is a, a massive game on its face. Wisconsin against Michigan, going to be one of the biggest games of the Big Ten schedule. How how do we start to prepare for that one? I don't know. I, I it, we don't know who's playing quarterback for Wisconsin at this point because Mertz, I still think he has to be out for at least another week, right? Because it's 21 days and it's been 14 since that went down. Uh, Mich- Remember he was on Friday night? Wasn't there a thought that the count from that Friday night game would have him eligible for Michigan? I think that was maybe. the scenario that possibly could see him back for this game. So, so maybe Mertz is back then, but we, I don't know if he's practicing. That's the thing. I don't know if he's allowed to be with the team. So even if he's eligible, are they going to want to start him against Michigan? And then on the Michigan side of it, like defensively, they haven't had a pass rush and they can't 
cover anybody in the secondary, but is that if without Mertz, if Mertz isn't playing, is that really going to be a problem against Wisconsin? But at the same time, now Michigan's also lost who I think is its best defensive lineman for the rest of the season and Aiden Hutchinson. So I'm looking at this game. I am not going to, it's not going to be at a locks. It's not going to be in anything for me. I'm just going to be like, all right, I, I'm going to have to watch it and see it because I have no idea what to expect. If there's one team that I don't want to play right now, if I'm Michigan, it's Wisconsin. Like, I don't care if they're coming off COVID. I don't care if they're coming off a bye. I don't care if they're coming off a big upset, loss, win, whatever you want to say. Like, I, I don't really want anything to do with Wisconsin right now, like as a program, because this is a Michigan team that's just in, I mean, just what do you, what do we even expect out of them? What do we even like, what, what can we be have, have confidence in right now? And Wisconsin's just such a steady punch in the face. Um, and every game is going to be hard earned when you're playing them. And so, uh, I mean, we don't know. I mean, the big 10 has probably been the most volatile conference in college football through the first how many weeks, three weeks in, mm -hmm. yeah. um, there've been some bonkers results. So I, I'm certainly not making any predictions, but I tell you, I'm not playing. I don't care what the number is. I'm not playing Michigan. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Kind of Barton's point. Like did anybody see Indiana off to a three and O start and Penn state off to an O and three start. Maybe Barton had Northwestern at three and O his guy, Peyton Ramsey there, uh, you know, but Minnesota at one and two, you know, it's just, it's been by far the wildest, wackiest, conference so i would say any game i predict i would say this what team, if you're michigan what team would you want to face i they don't like mm -hmm. i you wouldn't want to play rutgers even because if you lost to rutgers illinois that's even more embarrassing you know yeah illinois would have to be it that would have to be it that'd be the one team okay but everybody else like i don't want yeah, i wouldn't i wouldn't feel great if i was michigan i'm glad you mentioned penn state because i, I wanted to dig into this i got to know what's happening like what we did a pause or at least sort of like a, an instant overreaction when the SEC started late. We were a couple weeks in and we were looking at LSU. We're like, okay, so how, how bad is it? You know, it's, is this just a, you know, a, a microcosm? Is this a, a, an all, a bad start? Can LSU respond to this? You know, I think that for Penn State, the questions are even stronger. Is the season lost already through three weeks? Do they bounce back? Are they going to be able to run off like five straight wins the rest of the way? I mean, there's Michigan's looking down, so suddenly it looks like winning in the big house might not be the same daunting task that it was uh, when we were doing our Big Ten win totals. Like, what are the issues at Penn State right now, and are they fixable? Do you guys remember before the Ohio State game, Sean Clifford was asked, like, so do you think that this is a – an opportunity for you guys to prove that you can play with anyone in the country. And Clifford was like, like opportunity to prove, we know we can play with anyone in the country. Like we're, this is, we, we play, we live for these kind of games. Like this is, we, we, we absolutely can. Like, so the, the idea that we're, you know, two weeks removed from that to now we're like, is this season a loss? Is this, you know, is this like, I'm, I mean, obviously James Franklin is on the hot seat, but like, Whatever people are, people are like, oh, what's wrong with James Franklin? I I think that this is such an interesting case of they they still like two zero oh and two was not a bad zero oh and two. That's what made this week so weird. It really wasn't a bad zero oh and two. It was a competitive game against Ohio State. It was a uh, it was a a a really like they were clearly the better team against Indiana. They just lost. Yep. 
And then, and then Maryland rolls around and just absolutely eats their lunch. And that's why. And so I think what happened there is, okay, this is a team that had, you know, they're probably talking about the playoffs in, in during summer training, you know, they're probably conditioning drills are about like, we're, we're winning a big 10 championship. We're getting the playoffs. And now they start 0 and two. And I do think there has to be some level of, of quit in there that we saw against Maryland. Like, what do we, why, why do we care anymore? Um, mm. And, and I think we talked about it on the reaction pod. Uh, maybe we didn't, maybe I mentioned on Barton and Bud, but Jahan Dotson had a whole like flurry of quotes where he was basically calling out his teammates being like, there's, we got problems in this locker room right now and guys got to get by it, bought in and decide they're, they're here to play or not. But I just think that that's the, we're, we're in like bowl season right now. Every game is bowl season. We, it's time to start identifying motivations between these teams and Penn state just lost a lot of motivation in those first two weeks. Uh, and it's going to be a challenge to see if they can get it back. I mean, to yeah, be fair, I, they did play pretty well against Indiana. I mean, they, that's they, what I'm saying. they talked a lot about that. And I'm with you. Like you, And there are certain programs. I mean, I, I think, too, maybe start seeing more opt-outs you know, sooner rather than later of guys that just say, you know what, I'm going to next year. You don't lose a year of eligibility. So guys are kind of maybe coasting. I think it's really – think about it, too. For the bowl mentality, your job as the coach is to just get them fired up for the one game. Right, and you can kind of sell that. Imagine selling Penn State players on the rest of the season. You know, like that is that is going to be a grind for James Franklin. I think James Franklin is kind of lucky right now that all you know most of the d- uh, conversation is around Jim Harbaugh. Like, hey, because Michigan's been so bad and uh, bad, and he's been more a little bit more polarizing, and it's his hot seat. But James Franklin just kind of, fun. and I'm not saying it's time to fire him, but I think that's kind of probably a good thing for James Franklin that Michigan is struggling as poorly as they are uh, while he's having the same fate. Yeah, I I think that, I mean, I I do worry that the Maryland loss is a killer along the lines of what you guys are talking about, which is like the mental state of this team going forward. Because like you said, the Indiana loss, all right, throw that one out. We played better. We just screwed up at the end, blah, blah, blah. Ohio State, okay, fine. Then losing to Maryland makes you wonder where they stand. And I do think that it's we shouldn't overlook the impact of losing like Journey Brown and Noah Kane just like right away to start the season as head on that offense. Because I think, you know, you go into the season like you're Kirk Shiraka, you're coming in, it's your first year as an offensive coordinator. You're game planning and you're building your offense around the idea of having those two. And then they're suddenly gone. And now you've got to be a little bit more reliant on Sean Clifford than you probably wanted to be. And the guys that you've had so far for stepping in haven't been great. Offensive, you know, success rate in the run game, Penn State ranks 97th nationally. They're not really getting a ton before contact, which tells me that, you know, the offensive line is struggling to get pushed for these guys and the backs are struggling to, you know, make make yardage on their own. And it's really hard offensively to move the ball consistently if you're Penn State, if you can't run the ball that well, especially if Sean Clifford is your quarterback, because he's not a quarterback that you could just say, all right, go win us some games. He, he's a good complimentary quarterback to have for a good offense if you have a run game. So I think if you look at the rest of their schedule, there's not a game on it where you're like, oh, they can't win that game. Like they, they could beat Nebraska this week. They could beat Iowa, Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan State. It's just, it's going to depend how bought in it's on how bought in they are. Because if these guys are just 
checking out, then yeah, this season could get really, really, really ugly. And that's going to be James Franklin's biggest challenge is keeping this team motivated to keep playing when there's no Big Ten to East to play for, no Big Ten title, no playoff, no nothing, but just pride at this point. Here's the other thing with this year, too, is like you're just when you're just rattling off their schedule. I mean, hell yeah, they could lose. They could lose a lot of these games. Yeah, and and the and like the weird thing about this year, and we sh- like we knew this was going to happen. Like we knew there was going to be some off the wall bad records that just were were um, kind of odd to the eye to see. Two and you know, six, Penn State. When we're going into Big Ten Championship Week, and Penn State is two and six, that is going to be very very odd. And, and you can sort of say like, I mean, this obviously it's going to go down in the, you know, in the Penn State record books, whatever the record ends up being. But let's just say it's two and six Penn State. And like that's going to be a really bad look on the James Franklin, you know, Wikipedia page. But it is just it's just like it's just a weird year. And that that record like. As, as much as we're going to be inclined, and this isn't even directed at James Franklin because, again, he's not on the hot seat, but we're going to be inclined to fire a lot of these coaches as these records start to pop up. And it, 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 that's fine. We're going to talk about it. We should. It's, it's okay for the, for the pressure to be on those guys. But the, the reality is, as a decision maker, you got to take a step back because Penn State doesn't get the sort of – or anybody who you're talking about, you know, they don't get the couple of games to – lick their wounds by beating Ball State and, uh, you know, I don't know, um, San Jose State or something. Like, they don't have those games built in on the schedule like they typically do to where you get your four non-conference wins and, you know, you, you ease into things. Like, no, like this is all – it's sink or swim from the jump here. And, uh, and, and suddenly there's a ton of coaches that really sh- sort of on the surface – do belong on the hot seat, but I still think almost none of them are actually going to get fired. I mean, think about where eight and four, you know, is a, you know, it's a down year, but it's not a disaster year. Like in, lot, in those four non-conference, like in those, if, right. if three of them are cupcakes, you know, and then there's maybe one that's a good opponent that you get, like that's four and four, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a completely different, vibe and reaction and look and yet that's the reality of what we're seeing in a lot of these schools so i think that's going to be a really big adjustment but i think i would think i don't clearly fan bases are emotional they're passionate they want to see success of course but you would think that athletic directors university presidents would be able to realize that too like i do think this is just kind of one big pass year for most people except for maybe jim harbaugh because i think the other element to the the a decision to fire a coach is is not as much about it there is it is about you know your your revenue right now in these weird times in, in covid era and just not having the budget and, and not having the resources to buy a coach out but even more than that it's the optics of we're going to pay 30 million dollars to get rid of this staff and we just let go you know furloughed a bunch of our athletic department employees like it's sort of I think that's going to probably make some ADs hesitate a little bit as well. But hey, you know what it's going to mean, honestly, is probably a 2021 coaching carousel that is just one for the ages. Because like, everyone's going to be yeah. everyone's going to be like penciled in, fired, 
But oh, the hot season even starts. Hot seat 2021 is just going to be like it is going to be um, more interesting than what's happening on the field. Like that's all of our angles going into every single week. Loser gets fired like a classic Gus Malzahn, Les Miles showdown where it's two men enter one leaves. We'll be having that every other week uh, in the 2021 season. You know, what's going to be fascinating too. I was actually, I was at dinner last night with my nephew. He's uh he's a basketball player. He's getting recruited by a lot of schools. He's six ten, So he's getting like big time power five offers. And my sister was really frustrated because he can't go on visits. She's like, how do you like th- recruiting? I, we'll have to do that another time, but I'm just like the whole recruiting aspect is one other layer to the COVID-19 where you can't take visits on campus to get in touch with your team. It's just, there's so many things that there's going to be so many layers to this and so much, so many ramifications that we don't even think about sometimes that are just going to, they're going to trickle down and you're going to see all of that unfold. So I was uh, texting with the coach um, here recently um, and he was sort of talking about, like we were going back and forth about some options for this, a position that they need. Right. And he was like, Oh, I like, I really like this guy. And he's like a, uh, an in-state like slot corner. Right. And he's, uh, and I'm this, I mean, he was, he was just like, I like this guy. Not sure how big uh, he is. Really no idea. He's, he's an in-state cornerback at a, like, and he, then this coach has no idea how big he is, you know? And, and that's just that uh, typically you got everything on everybody in your, in your backyard because they've all visited They've all, um, you know, like they've, they've, so like there's going to be coach that you've, not only visited in the spring, but they visited during the season. They've come to games. They've measured in probably five different times. And you've all gone to, you've gone to see him and you've right. gone to, and it's, you're not having to rely on the huddle tape that somebody taped from the top row at the high school football stadium. If that state is even playing high school football right, right now. Right. So it's just a, it's just a crazy to think about who, what, you know, what players, coaches are going to end up taking. Um, oh, there's going to be and, some whiffs. There's going to be some big time mistakes in this cycle. For sure. Yeah. Cause they have no idea. I talked to, um, uh, an Ivy league coach who was like, uh, yeah, we got to, you know, there, there's a couple guys in, in Europe, you know, we're, we're, we're liking or look or looking at or talking whatever. And I was just sort of laughing. Like you probably got as good an idea what, like what these guys are as you do in your home state, because you know, they may be thousands of tens of thousands of miles away or whatever it is, but you know, there's nothing, there's nothing you don't know anymore on the, on the backyard guy as you do over there. It's funny. We've been telling you about it. It's about to open up. We're sitting here on Monday and that means that starting tomorrow on Tuesday, I can start filling out entries for the college pickup. Now I believe that officially we are ineligible to win the guaranteed $1,000 that are given away uh, by CBSSports.com every week to winners of the college pick But our locks, which you can get from Thursday's locks episode, will certainly be hitting on those games because every single week, starting Tuesday until noon on Saturday, the contest is open. You get to it by going to CBSSports.com slash college. You'll see the biggest college football games of the week right there, and you pick them against the sports 
spread. Just open it up, pick your winners, and then boom, submit it. You're in the running to give away, to get some of the $1,000 that's being given away to the winners of the contest every single week. Again, the contest opens every Tuesday, closes at noon on Saturday. It is the biggest college football games of that Saturday. Pick them against the spread. Just click, 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 hit submit, cbssports.com slash college. It costs nothing to enter and you get a chance to win some money. So come on in, bring all the information that you've got, the takes, the insider angles, and put it to good use and get yourself some money. The college pick them at cbssports.com slash college. Speaking of, on the other side, we start to look ahead to the biggest lines and the most interesting lines for week 11 plus Maclocks and the return of Knowles to go next. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So uh, as we mentioned, Wisconsin, Michigan, we're probably not touching. Um, has everybody put in a max bet on Boston College plus 13 and a half <laughs> now that we know not only the historical significance, but the fact that this is the red bandana game. And I mean, if it's just, you know, you came this close against Clemson, right? And now you're going to get Notre Dame and you're going to get Notre Dame in Chestnut Hill. I, I mean, I, I would max bet 13 and a half and, and sprinkle that money line, right? And Boston College barely beat Syracuse last week. Oh, so, yeah. So you know There's what plenty. they were doing. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> All they're doing is just trying to get that line a little smaller. Is everybody, I mean, is this, is this already, like, should we just queue up the, a lock infinity for Thursday or is somebody going to get cold know. feet? Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't know. I got to think about it. I had a bad week this week. I mean, I was—I think I was only down one, but um, going with the gut, I feel like I got a little lazy. So just because <laughs> it sounds right, I'm going to make sure my, my numbers agree. There's something, I don't know. I, I like what Brian Kelly's doing. I get the hangover game. I don't know. I don't know. I got to give it some thought too. I don't know if you jumped in on it early or not. Okay. Well, speaking of, see what transpires. Speaking of hangover game, I've also got uh, a lot of interest in that Florida minus 17. Now Arkansas dealing with, 
you know, Sam Pittman testing positive for COVID. So you've got a little bit of disruption on the coaching side. Arkansas, though, I mean, they're coming off beat just dumping Tennessee. 17 too many points. We don't know the status of Kyle Pitts. You know, is Kyle Trask enough? Like, is, is, has he shown us that it, it is a quarterback thing and not just a Dan Mullen thing or not just a wide receiver thing? That this is, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, Coca. It is also the Felipe Frank's revenge game. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is a former QB revenge weekend. Oh Felipe my Frank's revenge against Florida and Phil Dracovic revenge against Notre Dame. Ooh. No. Arkansas is scary because I think they're playing with house money, which really frees you up to just go out there and just cut it loose. Like, hey, we're supposed to get beat. Like, and that's I think that's why they've had so much success. Like after they get that first one out. Um, but I think the COVID thing, I gotta figure out what's going on, how many players are gonna be out. That scares me because Florida already had theirs, right? They they shut down. They got, you know, they got that kind of, you know, you, you would think, I don't know. I don't know. LSU proves that you can't do that. Uh, you know, Coach, <laughs> Coach O came uh, out and said, point. we're good. Everybody's got it. Now all of a sudden it looks like a game might get canceled. Maybe. We'll see, you know, monitoring the situation. And, and the other thing too with Arkansas is like Pittman won't be there, but they do have another just – previous head coach who was coaching at Mizzou last year, who's going to be on the side and taking over. So I don't know how much of an impact Pittman not being there will be. Although maybe emotionally, Sam, you know, Barry can't fire him up quite as well as Sam can. The other thing too, when you were asking about Kyle Pitts is, I don't know the exact, do they only get six points after he left? I know he left kind of earlier. They get, cause you know, the six points they in the second struggle, half yeah. versus Georgia, like was, it did look like, Oh my goodness, this does look different. Um, but I think that, I think that was more expected. You had a lead. They got a little bit more conservative, which is completely understandable. So, but I think I, my early hunch is that line is, is probably too big. I kind of like Arkansas in that spot. Cons- mm-hmm. If they're all healthy. Where is Kyle Trask in the, in the in the quarterback discussion? Not like NFL stuff, but just in college right now, how much confidence do you have in him? He's top five. Nice. He's top three. Trying to find out who you can make that argument for sure, but I think that I mean obviously Trevor, Justin, Trask, Mac, Mac, and I don't know DJ Uyunglele. He's right. out there That's throwing the fifty <laughs> yards. It's like uh, Kadan Slovis. I think could be in that conversation, but again, he's only played the one game. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. So I, I think that. You have to have Trask in your top five. I think, like Danny said, if you want to put him in your top three, there's – oh, Zach Wilson. Can't forget Zach Wilson. Mm. So I, I think that there is an argument to be made for that. Yeah, I don't think he's the best, but I think that if you look at Trevor and Justin and say, all right, that's the elite tier of quarterbacks. They're in a world of their own right now. Then Trask is certainly in the argument for just below the elite. Do you see uh... – if there's a string of performances like what we saw on Friday night, can Derek King come back and put himself into that conversation? He was on one against NC State. He awesome. was. He was awesome. And I think I think he's a very good quarterback. I just next year. Yeah, that like that was one of the cases because his problem all year, like they they talked about it during the broadcast too, has been accuracy and in, in throws down the field. And that was there against NC State. He was making some throws that are great. If he could start consistently doing that, then oh God, yeah, he's gonna climb up those power rankings really quickly. It's just I want to see him do it two weeks in a row. So 
Do you guys see what is uh, on Miami's schedule? Because they are going to Blacksburg. It's not to, FIU, is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> they're going to Blacksburg to play a reeling Virginia Tech team. Uh, and Virginia Tech is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That is a top-ten team on the road, and Virginia Tech is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, Khalil Herbert did leave the game. That's uh, Virginia Tech's best running back, one of the nation's leading rushers. He left the game against Liberty early, but Virginia Tech's offense still was able to get going, and Khalil Herbert being there you know, isn't going to reverse the galaxy brain decisions from Justin Fuente to give up free access yards on a fourth and six and give them a first down so they can move up and kick a, a shorter field goal or the that your ice the kicker timeout reverse what would have been a walk-off field goal block return. Uh, that is, by the way, Virginia Tech's second loss as a double-digit favorite, second outright loss as a double-digit favorite, and it's happened five times in the Justin Fuente era. Mm. I don't know, man. Narrative Problem. goal. Yeah. Like, like I, at one hand, there's like the Danny uh, alarm bells. Like, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Danny alarm bells the, go wait off. Wait a second. <laughs> How can this be? Miami looks great. They're coming off this unbelievable with 11 guys out. Derek King puts the team on his back. Like, everything screams Miami's the better team. They're only a one loss team, they're higher ranked. But man, this is where those odds makers get you, and they just beg you. They're just saying, "Go ahead." And so, you like the the, the Danny Cannell philosophy would say, "Take Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech." Although, even in this one, I don't know. I'll have to see if I have the balls to do it. Because as we sit here today, I still like Miami in this one. Yeah, I, I think what it is is that like Miami's won three straight since that Clemson loss, but the record is kind of overshadowing like the actual performance of the team because the week after Clemson, they beat Pitt 31, 19, but then it was a kind of a close, ugly win. Like what was it? 19 to 14 against yep. Virginia. Mm -hmm. And then NC state, they just gave up 40 something points to a team led by Bailey Hockman and barely got out of there with a win. I just, they're, they're winning games and darn it. Nobody could take that away from them and <laughs> that you'll take them any way you can get it. It's just, they have not been impressive in their wins and they're just now, I think like, yeah, they're in the top 10, but I think Miami has now taken that place where every single week we've got one team that's in the top 10 where you're like, yeah, but that's 2020. That's not really top 10. And I think Miami's kind of taking that mantle this week. Mm. Anything on the board stand out to y'all? I mean, there's nothing that crazy. Like it's at Penn state is a three and a half point favorite on the road against Nebraska still. So like obviously Vegas has not completely given up on them, but there's, there's nothing outside of what we've talked about. That's kind of, how about, the, all right. Ohio state is a 25 point favorite on the road against Maryland. Ohio state. Not even, not even a little bit wondering if maybe Maryland is the call here. If Maryland's the call, then over is the play, and I would take that. And that's because, I mean, Talia just shredded Penn State's defense. I don't know if that was like an effort uh, an effort issue or a quit issue or how bad do you want to be here because the losses of Journey Brown and Noah Kane and some of the offensive struggles, I feel like those are sensible, but that that's still a really talented defense. And Tagovailoa picked them apart. And so it might be uh, a Maryland thing, but if so, then I think that I'd be taking the over thinking that he's going to hit enough explosive plays through the passing game that combined with Justin Fields and Ohio state, it's just a point explosion. 
All right. Well, you mentioned the over. Where did it go? What if I told you the total for this game is currently 72 and a half? Barton? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't take the under. <laughs> <laughs> tell you that. Sergeant, general, what's the, what do, what do your spies tell you about that one? I mean, that. To be honest with you, that looks kind of tasty. I mean, <laughs> Ohio State's going to score fifty. Yeah, what did what did what did uh, uh, Rutgers just put up on them? Like twenty seven or something? Yeah, but again, that was friendly game. Friendly yes, game. Yes, you did point that out. Um, well, I mean, I don't think that. I mean, Ryan Day's just such a nice guy. <laughs> He's got. He's just, he's apologized. He's our, he apologized to Scott Frost for running up on him. He's, you know, sweetheart to Greg Schiano. What's, you know, what's he going to, why does he want to do anything to Mike Loxley? Everyone likes Mike Loxley except for Josh Gaddis. Do you think, do you think <laughs> nice guy Ryan Day has a mean guy alter ego that he calls Ryan Knight? <laughs> like he just puts on some sunglasses and he's like, I'm Ryan Knight now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's, we'll see if Ryan Knight comes out this weekend. But uh, uh, that the, over that looks nice. The closest thing we got was his passive aggressive statements when the Big Ten first canceled. You know, when he was sort of coming out there and really trying to like reverse the course, or maybe it was right before the Big Ten officially canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has who's he gotten a little spicy with? Uh, I feel like there was Ooh, Ryan Day. Yeah, well, it was Harbaugh. Remember they had the call. Oh yeah, that that's right. On. Yeah, and they were. Both yeah, he didn't like chippy. Harbaugh. No, and that's and that's ingrained in him. You know, he had yeah. to like go through like a when he got to Ohio State, they probably put him in some sort of brainwash programming system where like you just make sure they know you're not allowed to like these guys. Um, yeah, he's so. from New Hampshire. He doesn't have any of that like built in. Harbaugh and Michigan hate that he had to go through re-education classes. That's probably why he was stunned. Like Harbaugh's trying him on the call. He's like, wait a second. I'm like, I don't hate you. Like, but all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, I have to. And he didn't like it and tried either. What do you do with uh so this would be a total COVID play? Like, man, if you had any kind of information on the ground, but AM, Texas AM versus Tennessee, opened as 13. You get the Texas AM news. It's bet it's down at seven and a half. I think if this game play, gets played, which is probably seriously in doubt, I would have no problem takes Texas A&M laying seven and a half and just saying whoever they got will yeah. be better. <laughs> you know, like, like just roll it out there. They're playing. I think they are. I think they've got like that carrot that you can dangle. Like, hey, you guys could be that one lost team in the playoff. Like, and, and that's a very good motivating factor. You know, we're talking about all these distractions. Guys get complacent. They are dialed in. How do you think Tennessee players are feeling right now after losing to Arkansas, blowing that lead? Like, I think I think it's worth just taking earlier in the week. And if you know, if Kellen Mond's out or whoever's out, I still like I still think Texas. And whoever's out for Texas and M, I think their mindset alone is easily a touchdown better than than Tennessee is. Yeah, keep, and if it gets that, really sideways, the game gets canceled, and you don't lose your money. Yeah, keep that number dropping. Like, let's yes. keep here. Keep give me all the announcements of uh, of of practice canceled we can get for Texas A and M. I'll just that's just that's just helping out on the value because no. Are you no in confidence. a fade Tennessee place right now, Barton? Like, are you just in a blind, uh, or at least as a starting point? Maybe not as a blind bet, but at least like you will go into each Tennessee game looking to at least fade them. I think it. I mean, I just 
think that this mat like we just watched like look south carolina they kind of quit in that game uh against texas a&m this past weekend but they had so they had 53 offensive plays did south carolina on 49% of those plays, they had either uh, no yards or negative yards. 10 tackles for loss on 53 plays. Two interceptions, like 14 incomplete passes. Like every other play was a bad thing that happened. And that's not, and I think that's, again, I'm, I'm blaming South Carolina as much on that as A&M, but I think that this matchup in particular, to Danny's point, is like, well, A&M's, they're they're like actually kind of feeling good right now. They mm-hmm. they've turned they they sort of turned the corner. They've got a great defensive line. Tennessee, you're gonna come at us with this like three yards in a cloud of dust, run, run, run stuff. Like, okay, like we're pretty good up front. Bobby Brown, DeMarvin Leal, like all these guys, we can handle that. Um that 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 plays into like they're they're just trying to do the same thing. A and M's just more built for it. And so I just like that matchup as much as – I don't think I'm blindly fading Tennessee yet, though they're You're, getting closer to, the, to that point. Yeah. With the, I mean, that, that's, that Arkansas deal left a bad taste in my mouth given that that was one of my – I think I'm, that might have even been a two-unit play for me on, on my personal, on my personal uh, investments. Bankroll management, man. <laughs> yeah. Rod the wave. Speaking of like principles and things that we're just blindly doing in, in this show – Who's ready to trust Kentucky as a 17-point favorite against Vandy? I might be just because I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been going against Vanderbilt. That's what I'm saying. All right? We're really testing your Vandy principles here, aren't we? <laughs> yes. This one does feel like an underplay. Like, I think it's only 42, 42 and a half. This mm. one, to me, screams under because I think, I think this will be ugly football. I think, I think it'll be gross, and I, I think it's a low-scoring affair. But I might have to take a shot to just lay the points too with Kentucky. <laughs> it's been bad. Although Ken Seals has been a bright spot there for uh, Vandy. Yes and no. <laughs> he had some, he had some turnovers against Mississippi State too. Yeah, and those can bad. be yeah those can be a little hurtful for an they, under. They, like when all of a sudden the like like you might not believe that Kentucky can go eighty yards down the field to score a touchdown, but if you give it to them at the twenty, then all of a sudden yeah. you're making it a lot easier for the Wildcats to be able to score. Vandy outgained Mississippi State by like two hundred yards. I don't know if I don't know if you guys caught that in the box score, but oh. um, they it was like like they held Mississippi State to like two hundred thirty yards. Like Mississippi State's offense is, I mean, I don't like that's that, that's the worst that's definitely the worst offense in the SEC. Um, and I think Mississippi State actually had a bunch of COVID issues as well. Uh, so they were a little depleted. Yeah, Leach uh, said they were like one player away from not being able to play the game. Yeah. Crazy. So. All right. Mac locks. Mac locks. Tuesday and Wednesday, entire uh, league is going to be out there. Tuesday slate. Akron at Ohio, uh, Ohio, 27 and a half point favorite Kent state at Bowling green, Kent state, 20 and a half point favorite and Miami at Buffalo Barton's Buffalo bulls, nine and a half point home favorites. Wednesday gets Eastern Michigan at ball state Toledo at Western Michigan, central Michigan at Illinois. Uh, I've got three plays from the one, two for Tuesday and one for Wednesday. Uh, but where, where do y'all want to go first? I've got What's, three plays too. 
Fuck. I got notes. I'm just taking notes from you guys. That's what I'm doing. Well, okay. Can we, do we want to start with uh, the Tuesday weather forecast in Bowling Green, Ohio? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> As of right now, the, the <laughs> forecast for Doit L. Perry Stadium in Bowling Green, Ohio calls for temperatures in the upper 60s and low 70s, windy, mm. mostly cloudy, but the winds are right now ex- forecast to be between 18 and 24 miles per hour crosswinds. Oh, baby. We mm. are on that wonder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, I do like Kent State because I think uh, not just in a fade Bowling Green principal play because you get to fade Scott Leffler and Brian Van Gorder, but also because I think Kent State's pretty good. They looked uh, very strong in the first week. So... Give me Kent State. My, I know it's 20 and a half. If it gets over 21, I'm not going to take it. But I'll take Kent State minus 20 and a half. And I'll also take the under 57. Kent minus 20. And I can get you under. I can get you 57 and a half. Yeah, let's go 57 and a half. <laughs> All right. Well, I am not on that under. Uh, I am on my first Mac lock. Sorry, Barton. I'm taking Miami of Ohio plus 10 points against the Bulls. Just getting wildly overrated against the, the defending Mac champions. Um, the Bulls did have like two or three defensive touchdowns last week, so that that helps get that number out a little bit bit bigger than maybe it, it should have been uh, in terms of the final score. Um, but I'll I'll go my my one play of the weekend. Um, Only one. Yeah, I'm still of the week. I'm of the week, excuse me, of the week. Um I you know sometimes like it takes a couple years for a system to really like catch hold and find traction. Like, you know, year 1 like everyone's still learning, year 2 that's when things really start to take off. Um I am I'm leaning into that principle in playing Kent State minus 20 and a half. Year 2 of Brian Van Gorder is where we really see that defense <laughs> start to get really bad. Like, there might have been some remnants of the previous staff in year one. <laughs> year two, it's going to get ugly. Uh, I, I think that, first of all, um, the, the the score last year was 42 to 20. No, 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 62 to 20. So it was a <laughs> It was a 42-point number last year. And Kent State only got better as the year progressed. And Kent State put up <clears throat> 750 yards <laughs> on Bowling Green last year. So I don't know what's changed to make me think that they can somehow like keep this thing competitive. I don't care how much wind is blowing. Um, you know, I, Kent State may, may, may get the over on its own. So I'm, I'm going Kent State, laying the points, um, just back to my, my safe space of Faden, uh, Brian McGuire. Okay. Is that it? I take a play. No, I've got two more plays. <laughs> okay. What you got, Danny? Do you have any, I was going to take central Michigan, take the, uh, the fighting Jim McElwain's laying, uh, seven and a half versus Northern Illinois. All right. That would be my one play, but I was owing two last week and early maxion. So take it, take it for what it's worth. My final two plays of the week are one, Taking Chris Creighton and the Eastern Michigan Eagles plus nine and a half 
at Ball State. Ball State, I think, is a good team. I ha- I picked it last week against Miami of Ohio. They didn't get the win. They didn't get the cover. But I was impressed by what I saw from Eastern Michigan. They looked better than I anticipated after losing Mike Glass. So I'm going to take the Eagles to at least be able to cover that number against Ball State on the road. And then finally, I'm also going to that Central Michigan-Northern Illinois game. I'm taking the under 60.5 because Northern Illinois' offense did not inspire the most confidence in me. So I, I think that Central Michigan is going to be able to get up early in that one, and it's probably just going to kind of coast in the second half there. So, yeah, the under 60.5. But the Eastern Michigan one, I am also on Eastern Michigan to keep it within a touchdown against Ball State. I don't know if they'll win outright, but I'll be tuned in on CBS Sports Network to find out. Reminder, you can watch all CBS Sports Network games through the CBS Sports app. All you need to do is log in through your cable provider. Danny, any pregame, halftime, or postgame from action on Wednesday night? No, no, not this week. Not till Friday. I'm Fridays. Friday squad. Okay. Order for Danny. Order for Danny. All right, Knowles to go. It was not pretty. We had a reeling pit team. Best player is uh, opting out for the rest of the season. You know, you've got the Panthers have just gotten on this losing streak. And it appears as though traveling to Tallahassee was the best thing that Pitt could do. A 41-17 to 17 win, second-half shutout. Uh, Florida State's defense gave up 127 yards to Jordan Addison. Kenny Pickett was back in the lineup. He was very productive. Danny, what's, uh, how, how are we feeling? Not great. <laughs> it, can't, it can't be great, right? Um. I got to watch this game a little bit closer. I just caught some of the box score and some of the highlights or lowlights. Depends on which side you're coming from. I do feel like at this point, you are specifically building for the future. Like mm. it's just you count the season as a wash. You play young guys. Is it fair to the upperclassmen? Probably not. But that's just a harsh reality of the situation. Now, if there are guys out there that are begging to play and you want to play them, you should. Um, but feel like the North Carolina win was really an outstanding, you know, offensive game plan that caught North Carolina by surprise because here we go. There were a couple wrinkles in there with Jordan Travis throwing the football. But now that they've showed those wrinkles, I think it shows you how limited he is as a passer. Um, And I think everyone knows it. He can still run the football, but it's just the passing game is it's the offense is just a little bit too one dimensional now. Um, I would probably start playing uh, Chubba Purdy, just giving him more and more reps, which they did uh, this past weekend, letting him get his feet wet and trying to figure out what your plan is for next year. It's it's weird. It's a weird season. I don't know if it was Bud or somebody else that I saw online that was talking about Florida State. Like, how, what do you take from this season? And it is hard to take – like, it's just a weird year. You know, there have been glimpses where – but very few and far between of, hey, there have been some bright spots – so I think it's almost to the point now where you treat this season as like an exhibition and you just start practicing, treat them all as getting guys work and repetition. Yeah. Ever since the North Carolina win, it's 48 to 16 against Louisville and then 41 to 17 against Pitt on the road at NC state this weekend, which is a, is that the Billy Hawkman revenge game? <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Everywhere you turn. (laughs) NC State. Sorry, I'm making some notes right here. I think it's uh, seven and a half or eight, which I don't know. 
that might be one way to hop on the Wolfpack, the way Florida State has been playing. We were talking in the 24-7 slack, though. Uh, take Dave Doran as a favorite at your own risk. Mm. That's, a, that's a little bit of a scary spot, both sides, but I don't know, man. I think it's I such, I, but this year is such a wash for Florida State. It really right. is because right. there was so much that was shortened. You know, Norvell had a short, you know, getting hired late, you know, like with a shortened offseason, no spring practice. It's just, it's weird. So this is one where you truly do, I think you truly just get a COVID pass. I think you should use it as such. That's what I think. You, know, like, you, know, you obviously want to try to win, but I think that's the way that, that you, the main takeaway should be. How long do these have to be? <laughs> The, the, to the go. Oh, that's, to go. That's, <laughs> you, you might just you might just need to just like uh drive right through the pickup line and just keep on rolling next like just, i don't you could just say no comment next week if you want to <laughs> yeah, depending on how things go uh especially right, we'll, if we'll the see. especially if the quarterback transfer quarterback revenge principle plays out because i, I think it might actually be the theme of all my locks I think we will only be taking back transfer quarterbacks against their old teams. We'll see. That makes though. me wonder if those are the only ones this weekend now. Like no, what I'm, else is out there? I actually was just like, I, I was just looking up to see if Duke was going to be playing Clemson at any point. Right. <laughs> that would be the gutsy. Northwestern. Like yeah. There are some other options out there. On it, the the gutsiest test of my principle would be Chase Bryce and the Blue Devils against the Clemson Tigers. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, reminder that if you want to see any, see any of these episodes, they're all available on YouTube. You go to youtube.com slash cover three. Give us a subscribe while you're there. All of the episodes are also available in the CBS sports app on your OTT device. That means an Apple TV, Roku, anything like that uh, right there. Just scroll on down. You'll see cover three podcasts. You can watch full episodes for that multi platform excellence. Now coming up later in the week, we'll have a mailbag episode. And then of course our locks and our instant reaction. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell. Follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fennell. You can follow me at chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.